Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role in South Africa. Compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another banging episode of The Rose Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and just for the intro, we're missing uh, Mr. Jake Green. He's actually in, uh, as I'm recording this, he's probably getting ready to race his final at Pedaluco Regatta in Italy. So I'm at home living the good life. And yeah, Jake's out there with the team. And it's really cool to to see some racing for 2022 getting underway. So for today, we have such an awesome episode for you guys. We have the Sinkovich brothers back in from Croatia and yeah, it's been really, really awesome. They've always been uh, big fans of the show. One of our first uh, huge guests to to come on the show and to give us their time and and talk uh, talk about the the racing and the rowing. And they've always been super accommodating when I message them or or you know ask them some questions about a regatta or results. They always uh, send me stuff back. So they they are such an incredible team. And yeah, it's really cool to to have them back on the show because the last time we chatted to them, they were only just starting in the pair and it was pretty tricky. And now they are Olympic champions in the pair. And uh, we can really go into that in the show. We really get into to the difficulties of moving into the pair, why uh, they stuck it out and the feelings of, of getting it right and, and coming away with a gold medal in Tokyo so really really epic and then we're going to discuss the the double and them trying to or them planning on going back into the double for the the next season and how comfortable they feel in the double so really really interesting and really awesome to to get stuck in and to to hear a bit more about about them and their their careers and what makes them tick I think this second interview we managed to just get into the nitty-gritty a little bit more and you know it was a bit more comfortable straight out the blocks so yeah just a huge shout out to our patrons for supporting us and uh, helping the show grow and keeping us going amazing and yeah we continue to bring you guys awesome episodes awesome content and yeah otherwise share the show tell your mates about it uh, let's let the, the show grow a little bit more and yeah keep listening thank you guys Enough of me, I'm already babbling far too much, so let's get into it. Take it over, Jake. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Row Show, and we're very honored today to be joined by Valentin Martin Sinkovic from Croatia. Welcome, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's awesome to have you guys on. Again. Again. This is yeah. second time on. I- Thank you for getting us on the show. Thank you for having us for the second time. It's a great show. I'm listening to it. It's really nice. It's the best show in rowing we have. So thank you for that. Thank you very Keep much. Very, yeah, very, very <laughs> high praise. And yeah, we definitely, we definitely got uh, some, you know, we, we, our eyes are ahead and we, we've got a lot that we want to cover the show. But just to start off with, last time we chatted to you guys, you you just won uh, 2018 World Championships on the pair and you were going into your 2019 season. Um, one thing I'm interested to chat about um, on your preparation going towards Tokyo, 
the pair obviously was very different to the double. And um, you you guys, obviously, the pair seemed a bit more challenging compared to your build-up in the double. What were the things that you were looking to um, to kind of get right or what sort of technical and like physiological things were you trying to get right to cement your place in the first place position, the pair, and keep your um, keep the standard high? Because obviously, you know, the pair had been very quite competitive for you guys up until that point. And obviously, you want to make sure that you maintain that gold standard. So what things did you look to um, keep going? Um to to stay in that gold medal position going towards um t- Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, I would say the main thing in in pair was for us to stay loose, stay relaxed in whatever situation it comes in the pair because it's it's a lot lot, lot different than the than the double in the double. We didn't have so many bad trainings. Of course, you're going a little bit up and down, but in the pair for us was challenging because two trainings, you were going really good and we said to each other, okay, we found some form, you know, in the pair. And then other two or three trainings going awful. We want to go back in the double. So we just wanted to, when it's going, when it's not going the best, just to stay relaxed because we had lot, lots of difference with the balance and just to to stay in normal in normal rowing normal rhythm if it's not going good with the balance and everything and as we talked a lot about uh, a lot about uh, with the different uh, rowers that row the pair the best rowers and they said it's it's normal like that and we, we mm. just didn't get used to it before so we just mm. wanted to get used to that feeling yeah uh, i think that was the main problem the we didn't uh, loosen up enough, so we didn't have enough uh, length in the catch and everything. I think the main problem was the balance of the boat. And every 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 mistake we did in the technique, we did it because we didn't we wasn't loose enough and we didn't have a balance. So, so do you think? So do you think the the looseness? Do you think it was? Um, you think you have to be looser in the pair than in the double, or do you think you guys are just really comfortable in the double, so the looseness comes easier than when you go into the pair? It's it's maybe a little tighter, um, or do you think it, it you or do you think it's the same? It's hard to say because <laughs> we we wasn't in the pair from the beginning, so maybe maybe some guys who are in the pair from the junior level. They are loosened up and they are used to it. That is going bumpy, but we in the double we were used to be always in the balance and we didn't think about the balance of the boat. It was natural for us. And when we came to the pair, it started to shake all around. As we know now, it's normal, but for us it was, you know, when when the boat starts to go wobbling, <laughs> we start to be stiff, not loosen up. So I think that's mm. maybe the more. I would say maybe some comparison uh, in the double uh, for us was like uh, we had, you know, in, uh, on the bicycle you have two wheels for for <laughs> children. Wheels. Yeah, 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 train yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like that. In the double, we just didn't think about anything about that, and in the pair, mm. it was it was challenging for sure, and may, maybe some yeah. other things. Uh, 
we need to use to row a pair you know not that hard the the drive it's not that hard you need to go longer and looser you know if you want to understand me yes mm. no i completely a little understand bit different, uh, a little bit different uh we we pushed a little bit different uh to to get to to go straight you know yeah martin did a little bit uh, slower at the beginning and a little harder at the, at the mm. end of the stroke yeah whereas the double is like is is much more there's definitely a bigger physical element i think in the yeah. in the, each stroke of the of the double M- mm. much more yeah, dynamic definitely. i would say yeah so um i mean i love the way you guys talk about that uh almost like you were novices in the pair yet you <laughs> didn't ever finish uh off the podium and you just you know you always <laughs> were, were were right up there boxing with the best and managed to to deliver at the, the end of the cycle which was amazing to watch but how when you speak about the pair like that how close were you ever to to going back to the double oh <laughs> I think the closest one was maybe in the winter before the Olympics. So it was the winter of 2020. We were just getting back to the pair from the singles. And uh, we had some awful training sessions. And we said, okay, we'll go just one training to the double just to fill it again. And that, that was our first training in the double from the Rio. So it was... Four oh, years amazing. after first training, it was going perfect. <laughs> I think that was the closest. It was closest. Of course, we didn't think about it seriously, but that was, for me, probably the closest thing yeah. to going back. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's it's very interesting. And you know, when you know when we look at the results sheet, obviously your you know you you got your build up and you specialized in in sculling early and and the swap over to the sweep ball it seemed like we we spoken about how you guys found it quite challenging but i mean i'm just interested in your experiences when you know the covid pandemic came around and what was it like for you guys in croatia and what did your training look like um did you guys go back into singles because obviously you've just said you know the the singles must be a very natural thing for you guys to fall back into and obviously, with the pandemic, the um, you know the, the emphasis is for isolation. So I'm interested to know about what did the training look like during the COVID pandemic, and how did you guys handle it in in Croatia? Yeah, at the beginning when they closed everything, we couldn't uh, train outside for six weeks. I think was it six mm. weeks, Martin? five, six, I think. seven weeks, something like that. Yeah. So our our coach sent us uh, ergs. So we train at home. I went. I went little bit to split uh, on the seaside when it uh, it was warmer there, and I I, I could, could go for some biking. It, it it was much better for me than erging. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, uh, we immediately set in the pair and uh, stay in the pair for the whole season. And we we did uh, normal training camps like we ever do, like like we normally do. Uh, just to have more kilometers in the boat, we just said, "Okay, mm. this is our chance to to have li- more more kilometers for the Olympics uh, for the next year." So we will stay in the pair and train normally like we train uh, every year. M- maybe maybe that was uh, 
little bit hard for that uh, season uh, for the Europeans uh, because we were like done for the Europeans. We did a lot of rowing during the during the summer, and for the Europeans, we were just like ju- we, we didn't want to row anymore. Yeah, little, we didn't do any break uh, through the season, yeah. and it was a little bit too much of rowing for us, and we were washed for the Europeans. But uh, it was good for the next season, definitely. We felt much more comfortable in the Olympic season, and I think it was a good decision to be as much in the pair as we, as, mm. as we could. Yeah, just one anecdote. Our coach is like, he's like every coach, just want to train us hard as he can and uh, when we came from the lockdown he was just saying we need more kilometers we need more kilometers and we said okay but we had european championship in october maybe in october you you would never know <laughs> he was just yeah. we need more kilometers more kilometers we missed for a few weeks now we need to row more so it was yeah i remember i remember that uh, now that martin said so we came back first first week uh, from the ergometers, you know, and you know you know everything was cancelled. Then you never know if you will going to have any regattas that year. You know, we definitely won't have it till the fall. And we started back rowing, and after six weeks, uh, I got blisters <laughs> from rowing in the first week of rowing. And I said to the coach, uh, I think it was Sunday, and I said maybe maybe I I need. To one day off to go for the cycling, just just not rowing. No, no, are you crazy? We need to do more kilometers. <laughs> I remember, I remember after six after six kilometers, uh, my blisters uh, got uh, like crazy. I couldn't row anymore, <laughs> so we didn't yeah, do it. Was, it. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a difficult time, and just now that you've been talking about you know rowing in the pair and what you said earlier, I'm just interested to know. You know the the pairs, like you said, it's it's a bit more difficult with the balance and like uh, you know compared to the double where you both are basically on the same side. If we're talking it in sweep um, in sweep terms, but in the pair, each person has complete responsibility for one side of the boat. And I'm just interested as two brothers that have grown up together their whole lives. Did did you find that rowing in the pair kind of tested your relationship a bit more than what it was like rowing in the double? Did you guys find your, your, yourselves getting a bit more frustrated with each other than what you, what you would usually do in the double? Definitely. I think definitely, yeah. but I think that's the good thing because we are brothers and you can always say to your brother some things you wouldn't say to anybody else and you can <laughs> endure more when your brother is saying something. It's hard for yeah. me on English to explain everything what I think, but no, no. I think you will understand it. Yeah, we and, uh, understand it perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> we had more fights, definitely. We we understand that uh, if it's not going good, everybody's it's it's not a fault of one person; it's fault of mm. both persons. But it's sometimes it's hard when you are doing hundred percent you can do, and it's not going good. And you are stressed of the results and everything. It's it's normal that you snap from time to time to time. So, but mm. it was I think it was in reasonable amount, maybe two or three times a year. So it was yeah. it was okay. Yeah, yeah I have uh, I have three other brothers, and I've rode with all of them at at certain points, and it's always. Uh, 
quite intense. And the the one year we rode in the in the four together, we did a race in South Africa, and <coughs> it was really heated. There was time, there were times where I thought we would <laughs> we're not gonna make it through <laughs> to the to yeah the race, four with your brothers. That that seems yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it, it was, was much really easier good. in the double, definitely. Yeah, really, and uh, we didn't have fights at all, really. Yeah. yeah. If you if you if you compare how much time are we together all the time we are together and in the boat and everything, so you know the reason I I brought it up is because you know from my personal experience from um, you know I haven't rode I haven't rode much in the double, but drawing in the four in the pair in the eight sometimes even in you know rowing in skulls definitely the most testing boat to row in from my side is is always been the pen and, and there's there's always a joke going around that you know rowing maintaining a good relationship in the pair it's the same as a marriage it's it, you have to <laughs> you have to maintain it 100% um each person on each side and it's it's it, it intensifies the you know that the personal connections between between the the, the two people in the boat um you need to do you know, a lot of compromise. <laughs> yeah, lots yeah. of compromise. That's the name of the game there. Yeah. But I mean, there are, there, there are <laughs> pairs that work that don't get along. Yeah. <laughs> so, because we're, I mean, I was the South African pair that raced in 2004. They didn't get oh, along at all. They didn't, oh, yeah, they, didn't, yeah, they didn't speak that, yeah. to each other. Yeah. No, they didn't speak Just, to each other. Really? I, yeah. I can imagine that in the pair. I yeah. can imagine yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, so, but you know when you're doing you, this Martin, for the same Martin, goal, you are lucky. You, you are lucky you had such a good partner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think for me the 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 worst thing in the pair was when I realized that I will never go that good like in the. I will never feel that comfortable like in the double. So mm -hmm. maybe. It was maybe two years ago. My parents asked me if you won the gold in Rio, will you continue in the pair or you will be back in the double? And I said, I think we will continue in the pair because we did too much work in the pair to get it going. Good yeah. to waste it down the drain now. But then when I realized that pair is never going to go that good, I just said, no, it's okay. Just go back to the double and enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'll tell you what, Martin, it's, it's, I think it just goes to show what you guys managed to achieve is, is really impressive because, you know, we've, there are very few people in, in, in rowing that have swapped disciplines and managed to achieve the same level of success that they had done in their previous discipline. And especially consistently, we we find sometimes people swap disciplines and there's, they're successful, but they're a bit inconsistent, but you guys swapped and you managed to maintain that top level form, which was very impressive. Yeah, thank you. And it was yeah. hard, but thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So on, uh, I wanted to ask a, a little bit on like a on a side note because I know through some of the regattas, especially the the World Cups, you know, every now and then you there was a, the one Lucerne when you guys had the injury and then you you kind of swapped uh, crews to 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 the other Croatian uh, guys in the team. And what is the environment like i mean obviously you guys now have done so well for so long and damia and you know the the team is is you know had a really good last few years and what's that like for for new guys coming up and and joining the team and are they coming to to row with you guys and and train with you 
Uh, yeah, now now that uh, the the guys Lonchevich brothers, uh, they yeah. were like junior junior uh, champions, world champions, and world record holders for juniors. They trained for the last two years with us. But I would say before uh, nobody really wants to train with us. I don't know why. Maybe because we are training more than than others. They were a little bit afraid, I think. But no, no, nobody likes to train from from Croatia because I think in Croatia they are just used to train much more, much less than we train. So, so, so they they train lower. And but now I think uh, the guys came to train with us and train really good for the last two two season and going better and better for them. So I think uh, more and more people now realize that they can do it. It's not. You just need to to say to yourself, why not? <laughs> I yeah. think that, that people in rowing, uh, Croatian people in rowing, just thought they are like some, uh, I don't know how to say, unhuman, you know. Yeah. Mm. But it's everybody can, can do a lot of training, why not? Yeah, and especially when you, like for me, when, especially when like in 2012, when you watched our lightweight guys win there, you know, I had been training with them. I knew exactly what they were doing. It wasn't something, it as you said, it wasn't something superhuman or, or, or you know, just they weren't, they weren't like, I don't know, you want to say like they weren't yeah, like they're not uh, doing something special. special. They're just doing stuff really well, quality training and really understanding what they're trying to achieve from the the rowing stroke and the training, and then you know that kind of builds belief in the in the rest of the team because then they can everyone can think. Or maybe that belief of okay, well maybe we can stand on the podium as well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but in. I think yeah. I agree right, totally. We train, yeah, we train more maybe than people in Croatia. But with, when you see, I don't know, New Zealand how they train, or Canadians or guys like that, we train much less than them. So you can endure mm-hmm. much more. I think more, it's just yeah. for a lot of people, it's easier to think that we are superhumans and. That you know, it's there are Sinkovic brothers. We can't do it. Everybody can train, and a lot of people, as we see, a lot of athletes trying to find some magic formula to drink something, to eat something, mm. or to do something. I don't know what. And the basic thing you need to train. I wouldn't say. Of course, you need to train hard, but you need to train smart. You need to do what your yeah. coach telling you to do, and. You can you can train a lot, but not good, and you won't be good. So it's just yes. you need to train hard and good, and that's the formula. And you know you need to take a good rest, of course. You need to eat good, but nothing superhuman, nothing super special. You just need to do do your things what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are super superhuman. <laughs> hey, three no, three Olympic you, medals and <laughs> different boat classes and you know everything in between. I think we won't. Uh, we won't tell you the secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't even. We won't even ask. Yeah, no. It's um, but it's true, Martin. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people make the mistake in thinking that. You know, there's there's a silver bullet. That's what we call it back here. There's a silver yeah. bullet. There's something sp- like special that you know that the top athletes have that the other people don't. And you know, it's 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 not really about that. It's just about being consistent and operating at a very high standard consistently over and over again. That gives you yeah. um, that that gives that success. And I think uh, 
you know, once people understand that, I think it, it opens the doors. It's simple, but I think a lot of people, it's hard to be that consistent. And I think that's where the, the trick lays. And, you know, I think Lawrence and I can appreciate after training for a long time, it's really, really tough to stay consistent yeah. at, a, at a high level um, and an elite level. So it gets tricky. Um, yeah. But I want to move the, the conversation a bit towards your, your experiences racing in Japan. Um, chat to us a bit about, you know, what were your feelings going into into uh, Tokyo? Obviously, you had a really successful uh, build-up, the European champions, and then, you know, winning at two World Cups going into the Olympics. It's probably the most consistent you guys have been in a season. So chat to us about what your mentality was like flying over to Japan and how, how were you feeling going in, in towards the Olympic regatta? Yeah, I think definitely this was our best year in the pair, most consistent, and we felt the best in the boat in all these five years. So I think we were quite uh, quite uh, confident going to the Tokyo. Of course, you always know that you need to do a lot of a lot more things, a lot of three good races to win the gold medal, but. We were confident. Uh, we were afraid of the COVID, like everybody else, not to mm. to be in the in the quarantine or something like that. So, mm. but uh, that's the funny thing in Tokyo. When we arrived in Tokyo, and we had uh, five days in town called Fuji Kawaguchiko, and then come to the Tokyo on the course. And I think that was maybe the worst three weeks of our training in the pair. So we didn't go, <laughs> do, on the training, we didn't do maybe 10 good strokes, really, on the, on the lower stroke rate. But when we were going on the, on the race pace, we were always going good, but that was really awful to row on that course. I don't know, it was really bumpy, and on the, on the lower stroke rate, there. it was really hard. Mm. Who who else was training with, with you guys before the, the only race? us? Just Damir. Just Damir, Damir. Okay. Just Damir mm. and us too, yeah. Okay. But yeah. it was but it wasn't that much from the the lake was good. I think we had I don't know. It was just that time for us, but we felt confident because it was going good on the on the race pace. And then those those first the the heat and the and the semi um, on the on the race course when you know it was there were some really rough days and and really windy days and how did you guys manage uh, with that I suppose just like Rio yeah yeah but uh, normally we 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 do do good in the bad conditions uh, but just just we didn't we we weren't uh, sure in the pair because before Tokyo we never had uh, some. Uh, regatta that is really bumpy and it, it's windy i think mm. we didn't have it at all in the double mm. we had a lot of uh like bad days uh, like uh, really big winds and really big waves before uh, rio but before tokyo we didn't have it but we were quite confident we could do it because uh, we train a lot uh, in the during the summer training camp uh, we train a lot uh, when it's uh, really rough yeah. water just to to be yeah. prepared for everything that can come and i, I, mean, I think yeah i think uh, the the heat was uh, good weather i think uh, it wasn't 
wasn't bumpy at all. It was normal weather. I think some headwind maybe. But in the in the semi-final, it, it was definitely challenging. Uh, we had a good race. I think our semi-final uh, group was a little bit easier. So we were in front. We were in front. So we didn't have that uh, pressure. But definitely, we needed to stay concentrated on every stroke because mm. it, it was uh, that day in the finals. The finals were, were before us, and it was a lot of uh, craps and everything. So we knew <laughs> what can happen. Um, because so a lot of the other guests that we've had on the show, uh, especially through 2021, didn't race much and didn't race the opposition much. So. You know, like uh, the the Kiwis in the eights. You know, they only raced that late qualification, and then they they went straight to to Tokyo. And a lot of the other Kiwis didn't race at all for for two years before before the games. Whereas I feel like you guys were in quite a strong position because you raced, uh, you know, three three times in the build up in uh, in twenty twenty one, and then you had raced a lot of the the other fast people. You know, the, the Romanians. Everyone was around. Um, for you guys to to race so um that was it was quite different to to a lot of the other boat classes mm. it was very different yeah i think that was that was a really good part for us in europe that we have a lot of competition and a lot of good races before the olympics definitely mm. helped us mm. yeah we had normal build-up uh, to the olympics like uh, every like in new normal years yeah. we had really Really tough Europeans were the on the Europeans were all the best. The European country were there, were there, and our main competitions uh, are are from Europe. So we had uh, normal racing for, for from uh, the best uh, pairs with the best pairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and chat to us a bit about uh, your what was your experience like racing in the Olympic final at Tokyo. Um, everyone likes listening to you know the people breaking down their uh, gold medal win- winning race, and chat to, chat to us about what the race plan was like and how did it unfold for you? Because it, it did seem like you know you you were really you, you said earlier that last year was your best year in the pair, and you could see that in the at the final at the at the games you could see that you guys were so much more confident. Um, in the pair and in the way you were um, handling the conditions and racing compared to what you what you had done in the past. So I'm interested to hear about what the, what the race plan was like and what was your experience like in that final. Yeah, I think uh, it was it was everything was going our way in that race. We felt confident before the race and we did everything what we expected to do. So nothing was. Nothing, nothing in that race was unfamiliar. So the plan was to go out hard and to be first on the 500 and just to maintain that uh, distance. And uh, I think maybe somewhere after 100 meters, Romanians did the push trying to catch us and we just get a, get a higher rate and uh, push back that with no problem so i think confidently we came to the finish so for me it was really it's it's hard to say that but it was really mentally it was easy race 
it wasn't mm. it wasn't tough in any of course physically you always go to the end but mentally i thought it will be harder it was be, it it would be uh somebody would be closer to us so for me it was really i was enjoying that race yeah i will i will also say something like that yeah. we plan to to be in front uh, in front uh especially compared to Romanians because because after first two races the we saw that probably they, they will be our main competition and they didn't have such a good start so we knew we'll definitely be in front of them and uh, we just wanted uh, through the middle to to keep our distance and like Martin said we were more in front than expected so it was much better and uh after that uh, that martin said a little bit push of romanians after the 1000 meter after we we also go harder and we saw we can match them and uh, to build higher uh, speed of the boat uh, after that we knew that we'll probably stay in front just not to mess something really big mm. Yeah. yeah, in the last 200 meters, it was just coming to the line first because it was really bumpy water and we didn't want to challenge anything to happen to us. So it was easier pace in the last 200 meters. So it was yeah, just come to the finish with no crab yeah. or something like that. Yeah, there were so many upsets in Tokyo. I mean, there were so many yeah. crews that had so much speed and, and could have been winning or, or on the podium that were in B finals or, or missing out or catching crabs on the on the day and stuff. So uh, I remember watching you guys come come past and uh, and take the the win there. So it was actually really, really mm. amazing to to see you guys uh, guys win, especially after all the years and the commitment to to changing to the pair. So to see you win was you. really special. And then I'm sure for you guys was just insane to to have committed so hard to the pair and believed in it and and had that belief in yourselves and then to finally pull it off must have must have really felt special and 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 you know kind of felt great to to get that right yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. It was really... yeah. when it's uh, when you do something that that you are not not uh, familiar with or you are not uh, like in home with that. Uh, it's harder to do. It's the reward is much bigger. I would say our feelings were like we won the Olympic title for, for the first time. Th that's for sure. It, oh, it was awesome. the, the same. Yeah, the same feeling like we won the first time. Normally, when you when you uh, win something first time, it's much uh, bigger joy. You know, it's greater when we won our first. Uh, gold medal in 2010 in quad it, i still remember that feeling because it was our first time and uh for tokyo the feeling was like we won olympics for the first time definitely yeah just because everything we we, we went through for the last five years in the pair yeah you know why why we were that happy and that relief because we knew that we don't have to sit in the pair anymore we <laughs> <laughs> lose the race we need to go no. in the, the Paris for the pair, so it was a. We were happy and really. <laughs> That's Martin. I, I get a sense that you you especially had a bitter uh, love hate relationship towards the pair. No, no, I'm just 
50% is a joke, 50% is a true, of course. I, I, I had really, I had really nice days in the pair, to be honest. I had bad days, I had good days, bad days, but it was more challenging than I expected, but uh, it's more joke. But we yeah. were relieved that we, we are happy that we don't need to go to the pair. I don't hate that yeah. discipline. I love discipline and it was great time for me, but it was challenging. Yeah, I remember after the medal ceremony, you need to roll a little bit to the pontoon, you know. <laughs> yeah. was, we knew it was our last row in the pair, <laughs> but we were so happy that we can roll and don't think about the technique, anything. <laughs> Just yeah. went to the pontoon. Yeah. That no, was that's... our enjoyable, enjoyable part of the pair. Oh, that's fantastic. That is, that is really funny. Um, so I want to I wanna pick your brain at some of the other races that happened in in Tokyo. And, you know, it, it was for me personally, and, you know, since doing the podcast, obviously I've, I've become a huge fan of the sport. I've watched so many races, so many Olympic uh, finals, and, you know, become a huge fan of many different crews and athletes. And I must say, Watching the, the Japan Tokyo Olympic regatta, maybe I'm biased, you know, because it was the closest one, but I really felt like the racing at this regatta was probably the most entertaining uh, racing that I've, I've seen. And it's a pity there were no spectators. But what I want to ask you guys about is what were your thoughts on how the, the men's double event panned out at the Tokyo Olympics? Because there were some really um, crazy races in the men's double right from the beginning. I remember watching one of the heats when they had, I think it was New Zealand, Ireland, Russia, and Poland, maybe, in one heat of the men's double. I couldn't believe it. Um, and I'm just interested to see your thoughts on what you thought about the, what you thought about the event and what you think about the racing. Yeah, we are, we are just happy we, we still have the world record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was so close. Very it close. It was so close. Yeah, we saw the race before our semi-final. We were just getting ready for a race, and we watched the the men's doubles. But they didn't. They they weren't that fast in the first part. They they were just crazy fast in the last five hundred, yeah. and mm. we didn't even after I think first uh, one hundred fifty meters. They didn't have that good time for the world record, so we weren't that afraid. And we saw when we saw the like the 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 results after and we saw it was like uh, six minutes flat it was like crazy, uh, yeah. crazy. and they they made yeah. a mistake caught a crab. they caught a crab at the end yeah. the last yeah. hundred meters as well yeah so, the small crab yeah, yeah. so it... that might have been enough to to get <laughs> under if they hadn't made Probably. that mistake maybe yeah they were really fast and really good races. Good. I think in the double, it's always close. It will, it will be a good races now uh, ahead of us. The France and the Netherlands were really quick. So they are, yeah, are no, right it, up there. And Ireland best. can be quick and China can be quick. China, I think they, they had quick. really yeah. they had bad uh, Olympic regatta, but they, they are here. Yeah, I no, think for the, sure. the, Chinese, the Chinese guy, I think, retired. What's his name? The king. The That's king. what they, they the call king. him in China. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I think so. For the retirement. I knew for the king. But yeah, I didn't yeah. know, know that I he retired. So. That's what, I think Martin, Martin Cross said that. 
Yeah, I well, I'll we'll see what him. happens. I'll we'll see what him. happens. Martin, <laughs> let's Martin hope you're telling it. the truth. Martin opened it. Yeah, yeah but he, so, he's old. He's like 30, mm. almost 40 or something. Yeah. I remember him uh, 2010. We were in quad and he he was in single and we watched the big guy in the single. He was in a final. Of yeah, the he's um, on the world. Yeah. No, he's not too. I think he's a he's a year older than you, Valent. Really? Yeah, he's they 1987. They, then I really just mean old. that just mean that Valent is old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's very funny. But no, I think the you know when I was when we were like doing watching the the racing last year, the men's double always was one of the fastest uh, races and yeah, faster and most competitive. Faster, yeah, fastest yeah. and most competitive. And after every regatta, Lawrence and I put together all the races on a spreadsheet to look at how fast they were on the world record time and their prognostic. And the men's double always was really really quick and also the spread in the field was very close yeah. compared to yeah. other races. And like you said, you know, you, the France and the Netherlands were huge standouts of the Olympic regatta. But when I look at the men's double, what makes it so extraordinary is there's so many crews that are just below the podium that are really, really fast, really like knocking on the door that if one person has a bad day or bad race, then you know, someone else is going to step up and take it. I mean, you look at, how Poland has been, how Switzerland has been. We've looked at yeah. Ireland, China. You know, it's it, it's if someone has a mistake, then there's definitely you know someone on on that uh, roster that's got to step up and take the win. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. If you saw the the whole Olympic cycle, like five years, there were a lot of great crews and a lot of changing mm. every year, changing. It's crazy. Yeah, you never know in double when you. When you are looking the, for example, in 2012, you had uh, France missed the finals and uh, who else was missing the finals from the top competitors? Germany missed the know. final, yeah, in 12, 2012. A lot of big Yeah, wars. in 2016, it was New Zealand, Norway. Germany missed the finals. Yeah. Now yeah. the Ireland was missed the final. You never know in the double. It's so changing so yeah. much, so... Yeah. No, it it is it is a it is a tough event and you know I'm it's gonna be exciting seeing what happens with you guys now back in the mix because I think obviously you guys are an exceptional um uh, double combination. You still have the world record. So I think it's it's gonna be exciting. It's definitely for us, it's one of the when we're looking forward to one of some of the events that are gonna be exciting to watch going towards Paris, it's gonna definitely the men's doubles up there. And uh yeah, I mean, it's going to be good to see you guys back in the double. And how's the how's the training been going so far in the double? I'm sure it's it's sure it sounds like it's been back coming back home. You said it yeah. rightly. <laughs> yeah, <when> we, <laughs> immediately when we, we we sit in the singles and the doubles, we are like home, especially in the doubles. So at the moment, I I have rib stress fracture, so I'm training uh, on the bike. Martin is in yeah. the singles, so coming wait, waiting to come back uh, to row. Yeah, we are eager to get the first race, but we were maybe three or four times in the double this year, so not a lot. Mostly now we are in the singles, but from that in that four training sessions, it was so much better in the fourth training session than in the first. So it's going just pretty good. I can't nice. wait to yeah. go and be back in the boat and to sit in the double and yeah, to feel it for, for sure. like. 
yeah. more time, I think it will go really good. Hope so. Definitely, and yeah, we can't wait uh, to watch you guys uh, come down the come down the course. And then going back to the the other races, what did you guys think of the the men's single? What are your your thoughts on the men's single? And it must have been amazing oh, yeah. to see uh, Damio back up on the yeah. on the podium. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it was unexpected, especially if you were watching. Uh, he struggled with the injury and everything, and he he was yeah. really far off uh, a few years. The whole I think Olympic cycle, he was after uh, Rio first year he was good. He was uh, fourth I think, and then after he struggled with a hip injury, and he really couldn't uh, find the form, and he found it when it's matter matters the most. So that's really crazy, and it's really good. But uh, with the Greek scholar, I don't know where he found that strength, and he, yeah, he was, was really, and he rode really good uh, on that uh, tailwind. I think yeah. maybe if there there was a headwind, it, it would be completely different. But uh, he's really good scholar, and you see, he he rose really really nicely. Mm. Yeah, I, but I it, was, it was a great race. Effective. No, it yeah. was a fantastic race, and I think the. You know, the, talking about crazy events, but the men's single skulls, again, uh, anyone can be, there's the, the competition is so high. Yeah. Anyone that you could pick many names. And if you, if I told you, if you didn't watch the Olympic regatta, I told you like four names that were the Olympic champion, be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's a really good scholar. So, I mean, it's another event yeah. where you had such, such good um, competition. And the fact that, you know, Oli Zeidler was in the B final just goes to show how crazy it it was in in the in the men's skull to to have someone like yeah. that racing the B final, it just shows. But I still think that uh, race from the 2019 uh, World yeah. Championship final it was the best oh. race in the single. I mean, the, yeah, yeah Sinek was like two seconds behind and he was fifth, way back, two seconds, fifth, yeah, all the way back, <laughs> two <there>. seconds. So <laughs> it was amazing race. So. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like that five, six years ago. Now it's so no, tightened up. Definitely so. not. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember still. Uh, it was so nice experience. I would say uh, when we were be before our uh, semifinals uh, were the first first final day. It was really big wind, really big tailwind. It was hard conditions, and I remember uh, the. We had a room. Uh, every every country had a room. Uh, you know, you probably mm. remember. So yeah, our, our, our room was. Uh, we were watching the, the like finish li line and the pontoons and everything. And I remember uh, I was watching all the races and everything. And when you saw that uh, emotions after the race, you see the guys who who caught the crab. I don't know the the quotes. Uh, the Italian quote caught the crab. And mm. uh, the Zeidler finishing uh, outside of the A final. And when you see the guys coming to the pontoon and we, you see all the emotions, it's like that's the Olympics, you know? Yeah. yeah. You saw the guys uh, like uh, winning and all happy. And you saw the other guys like couldn't stand out of the boat, uh, so, so disappointed and everything. And you, you see the real Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. That the emotion 
over the finish line in and yeah, over, across the regatta, building up from those those semifinals. Um, I think it's it's really it's it just shows you how big the Olympics is and how how much it means to to yeah. every athlete yeah. out there. You get the same. Yeah, you don't think about it before, but when you come there, when you see it, then you see that it's pretty big. No, it's it's massive, and I think it just goes to show, like when you get an Olympic medal, it's you know, it's it's not. I often find with sport, it's not just with rowing, but with other sport. You know, when you look at the winners and you you see their celebrations and how happy, it you know obviously that that shows you how much they appreciate the gold medal. But it's often when I find when you look at the people that 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 are so disappointed, like missing yeah. the A finals, they managed the B final, someone capped in, and you see the emotions that come from that. That for me shows. Uh, that's always a good reminder of why that gold medal is so special is because of of the emotion that people have for coming into the Olympics and how important these these events are. And, you know, when people think, you know, if Olympics for your cycle, how crazy it is to, to you know, commit to something like that. And then you, you when when you get a sense of the emotion that goes into it, it makes sense. It just completely makes sense. Like, it's a huge thing for people to to get on the podium and it's a huge thing when yeah. it when it doesn't happen too yeah you even yeah. appreciate more when you have a medal or even won the olympics when you see that people committed their lives to to that all your opposition and all the field you you are against everyone wants to be that you know everyone strive to be everyone uh that's the main main thing in the life to to be that and you saw mm. when somebody miss and when you saw that emotions then you appreciate even more when you win. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rounded experience. You, 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 you eat humble pie a lot of the time too. And then yeah. sometimes you come off on top. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and you then, need from so, I mean, time. yeah. And then, I mean, you, you, we chatted, we, we spoke about Damian a little bit earlier, but I mean, you know, watching him get that bronze medal and, Chatting to him afterwards, he must have been so happy with getting getting a medal, standing back on the podium. Because I watched a celebration after his race. He must be the happiest bronze medalist at the Olympics by far. I've never seen someone so happy with winning uh, a bronze medal. It must it was awesome to see. Yeah, he did amazing thing. It was really amazing to watch him win the medal. Mm. And you know, after that many years of struggling, it's. Nice to see some some somebody, especially when he's from your team, to get yeah. uh, back on the track and find a good form and to celebrate it. It was amazing. Mm. No, for sure, and it was. I mean, it, and I mean, I think he just did that. It's just sheer belief and mm. experience that uh, that put in there it was really awesome to to see that happen, and then. Going coming back from from Tokyo, going back to um, to Croatia, because now you guys have won so much, and you 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 know you've been at the top of the game for for so long. It must be really nice to to be at home, and I mean, there must there must be a lot of you know the just in the general public in Croatia must start to really know who you guys are, and you know just that kind of level of your profile must uh, really be going up did you notice a, a big change from after tokyo then uh, then maybe say after rio yeah i think uh, yeah. the biggest change was after rio the mm. the biggest change and after rio till now people recognize us uh, 
lot, especially when they hear Sinkovic brothers or yeah, on Croatian, they know uh, about us, you know. Maybe they, they can recognize the Martin a little bit more than me because of the bald head. <laughs> <It's> more recognizable. <laughs> Yeah, but people recognize that. That's really nice. And uh, yeah. after the, especially after the Rio and now after the Tokyo, a lot more ch- children came to the rowing to try rowing. That, that, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To see that like your performance is having a direct effect on yes, yes. rowing and, and on Croatia is, is, must, is very special, I think. Yeah, that's the, best, that's the best feeling when you see that a lot of kids are coming to the rowing that you are... You are uh, affecting good on the younger population. That's really amazing thing. When they are enjoying the sport because they saw you on the television and they want to win the Olympics like you did, it's it's really amazing feeling that, you know, mm. more people are coming to sport. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, you guys have also got, uh, your, with this increase in profile, you also have a lot of big sponsors, you know, Red Bull, always uh, have supported you guys for a long time now and then i see you also is it volvo for the car yeah yeah, yeah. and uh yeah. and you know big sponsors like that i mean that's amazing for rowers and for for rowing in general to have uh that kind of interest and that kind of uh in, increase of uh, of sponsors it's really amazing yeah yeah definitely yeah it, it was hard for us in the beginnings you know because in uh, 2010, when we first won the World Championship gold, we thought that we'll have a ton of sponsors then. But you, like you said, you eat a humble pie and you see <laughs> it's not going to work like that. So we had to do, what was it, uh, three World Championship golds and one Olympic silver until we get the Red Bull. And then every, everything starts to build up from that year. So yeah. it was in end of 2014 so we were had really good career before that when we got the first sponsor and now we are really happy about it and it's a really good thing yeah and i think it's um when we chat to people it's always one of the common themes that comes up as one of the one of the places in rowing that can that, that the, the sport can get better at is the is the mindset going around sponsors and and branding and things like that because obviously all rows around the world I'm sure it's always difficult to to get to get funding to get sponsorships and many times I feel like when you go overseas the rules that World Rowing put down with regards to how how it can work with branding and stuff makes it difficult so it's I think it's a it's an important discussion because it's definitely for us at least it's one space in the rowing world that can definitely feel like needs a bit of innovation is try and develop a little bit more impetus towards the the sponsorships and the branding in the the rowing world because it, it helps the athletes it, it allows the athletes to obviously you know you want to be a full-time athlete that's what it that's what it requires to be the best in the world and that's something difficult to commit to for for all the athletes out there yeah yeah definitely you said it right uh, i think that uh, uh, fisa needs to be more uh, open with the personal sponsor of the rowers i think or if they mm-hmm. they have some big sponsors and they have some uh you know uh money for the some places th- that's okay but if they don't have some big sponsors uh, they need to let rovers to to have it little just not not that strict you know rules uh, because yeah. 
Now you can have one sponsor on the boat, one sponsor on the uni suite, you know, and it needs to be that that big. Don't need you have to really be uh, to really see what's the regulation to see if the sponsor is not too big. Oh yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like when you get a measuring tape against the boat, yeah. like measuring. No, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. That's stepping over the line. Yeah, I remember uh, yeah. when we got the Aliante, you know. And it was on the rigger, it says Aliante. They were taping that. So oh. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Come on. Come on, it's Felipe, guys. Felipe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely too strict about that. It's hard enough to get the sponsors in rowing, so don't make it more difficult. Mm. Yes. No, for sure, for sure. And then... Uh, obviously we're going to be we're going to be wrapping up now but you guys just uh reminded me about the the Alianti rigger and cuz you guys committed to the the Alianti sweep rigger quite quickly in the pair and when we got in the boat and we first rode in in that boat I felt it and I'm sure and that's what I want to ask you guys I felt it was much more like a sculling boat cuz you had much more load quickly onto the onto the catch so for you guys it must have been a immediate Im improvement on uh on going into when you when you guys first got into that boat yeah definitely for us it was better we changed it in month of three weeks so after the world cup we sat in the aliante boat and maybe one or two training sessions it was weird but we felt it more we felt it better than the normal rigor so we really like it yeah um so just I like just you said, to, from the beginning. For yeah. sure. So we, you know, we coming towards the end of the interview. Last time we did the, we chatted to you guys. Obviously, we had the quick fire questions, and that's something that we ask every guest on the show. But we've gone through it with you guys. So I just wanted to, to ask. Obviously, you pulling ergos all the time. Um, have they been? Have you guys managed to get a PB on the on the two K since we we last chatted to you guys? I see you've been doing some dangerous things on the on the 6k so i'm just i'm interested to see if your 2k's have gotten faster he's the, the same the 2k are the same no <laughs> <laughs> so it's always we had uh, we always have the national championship uh, on erg in on 2k in uh, march so it's always you you, you start to row and you really don't uh, don't do training for that. So we yes. never, we are always going from the training session to the competition. So it's not our best times. It's, uh, it's never. I, I would just say, I would just say that I think we are not uh, like mentally, we are not, uh, when we are going to the test, we are not like, oh, I want to break my, my, yes. my score. No, I we are just like how oh, we want to be close to that, you know. Then we we know we are uh, good enough yeah. to, to go in the boat, and we are not mentally like uh, every, yeah. every test we want to break our but score. I, I think I also think for yeah. you guys, like you you don't have like huge competition in your team. You know, it's not like an eight uh, where they swapping people in and out depending on your your erg test every time. And then also you had this huge challenge of the pair trying to make that boat you know, as quick as you can. And it's not necessarily about the, the ergo. So I'm sure that it's it's really difficult for you guys to to get on and get into that mindset of, okay, I'm going to go and win, but or I'm going to go improve the time. But last time we chatted to you guys, 
we didn't have uh, a list and this time we have a, a full list of um of everyone that's been on the show in their erg times and we've <laughs> we've, we've put them in like a top gear um yeah, nice. ranking so when we put oh. you guys in and on your because uh martin you're on the 545 and uh and valent on the 546 the you guys finish what's it 10th martin you're in 10th place then and valent you're in uh 12th 13th 13th but it's a it's such oh. a tight group though it's such a tight group so be, between sixth place which is uh, greg Sill on uh, 544 and 14th place, uh, Cameron Griddleston from uh, Australia. Australia. They all within three seconds. There's like oh, so there's yeah. there's nearly ten people around that uh, that 5:45 mark. Because there's so before, three before people. next test, before next test, we need to see this shit. So yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, I'll, I'll send it to you on the, on WhatsApp. I'll send it to you. So there's yeah, yeah um, Michael Brake, Pete Reed, and uh, and you Valent on the the five forty six. Then oh, uh, Martin, you're on the the five forty five, and then just ahead of you is uh, Bruno Rossetti, Sferi Nielsen, Olaf Tufte, and uh, and Greg So. Oh yeah, five forty four. Yeah, all good names. So. It's amazing to be in that group of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's some really? proper. There's yeah. some really good guys, and the fastest person yeah. we have added to. The only person that's gone under 540 that we've spoken to is Oli Zeidler, who's 538. Yeah. But we chatted to him. He's amazing. Uh, when did we chat to him? Yo, it's a long ago. It's been a long time ago. So maybe he's gone faster. As well. Yeah, maybe he's gone faster. Yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, a, it's right. a close, it's a quick quick group of guys, hey? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah and we are, not, we are not that big, so it's good for us. I think yeah, that's enough. Very good. Well, some we of the some of the big names that you that you've knocked off though that you guys are quicker than uh, Chittel from uh, Norway, yeah. Sam Locke from Australia, Brian Volpenheim USA, Jake Wetzel Canada, Drew Ginn smashed him, oh. uh, yeah. Zeno Muller smashed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys are are, are doing damage out there. Ah, uh, that's all kids. <laughs> mm, awesome. <laughs> but so next time you're doing a. Next time you're doing the test, just uh, send me a message and then I will I'll send you the, the list <laughs> okay, and tell you guys. <laughs> Definitely. On, one one more second and you go up six places on the on the yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That will be That's a good awesome. thinking for the last five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I think that it brings us towards the, the end of our interview. Uh, I think we, we got through we had an awesome chat there. Just again, I just want to say thanks for giving us a bit of your time coming on our show and chatting about your your experiences of the last couple of years. It's, it was awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to see you guys racing again this uh, uh, this season. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we, we can bump into each other at some stage of the season and say, and say what's up. So yeah, it was good to have you guys yeah. back on the show. Great. Thank you for having us on the show. It was really pleasant. Nice talking and... Stay, it's a great show and just stay on it. Stay committed to it. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, guys. And yeah, yeah thanks, thank for, thanks for everything. I mean, you guys are absolute legends in the sport and, and what you guys are doing for rowing is, is really incredible. So keep it going and we thank can't you. wait to, to, guys watch, to watch you guys come down the track in whatever boat class you choose. Thank you very much. Cool. So that is a wrap for our Sinkovich Take 2 
And wow, what an episode. I'm sure that uh, all of you listening really enjoyed that. It was so incredible, so much more insight, so much more understanding of the challenges and the difficulties of going from the double into the pair. And yeah, I think I'm um, sure that's one I'm going to have to listen to again at some point. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. And what a legend team of the Sinkovich brothers. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Remember to go check out our Patreon if you want to help support the show. Otherwise, keep listening. We've got lots of content coming out in the next few weeks. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Keep it real. Cheers. No, it's it's interesting because I need to plug my computer in. Oh, no guys, you can you can sort that out. Now that he is gone, we can uh, talk about smarter something smarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's the silver bullet now? No, tell us. <laughs> you need to be faster than others. There's the silver bullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. What's the one thing that Martin does in the boat that that is too much for you? Oh, in the pair, in the pair, when we were turning, like uh, in the course, when we were turning, <laughs> he he was like going on with the hands, just with the hands, and I was I was all pissed off. Go a little bit uh, longer <laughs> to be faster. Yeah, I know. But now and in the double, you... that's good. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. You can add because you now have control of that side of the. Yeah, yeah. That's really now funny. It's okay. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to hear. <laughs>